Now I can hear you. Rachel. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? <laughs> great, great, great. Hi, everybody. So I'll explain to you all who that amazing voice is on the other end. But this <laughs> is your host, Ashley, with the Genesis Project. I'm coming to you with another another episode i'm happy because we haven't done an interview in a long time so uh this is a treat for you all hope you all have had an amazing week and i hope you enjoy the show so rachel how are you i am good thank you you're welcome rachel pronounce your last name for me <laughs> Bame. Bame. okay it was that simple <laughs> i made it way more complicated than it most had people do it's totally fine <laughs> So let me guys, let me just explain to you guys who Rachel is. I told you before that I am an Uber driver here in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. And Rachel was one of my riders. I know. Yay. So I she just had a beautiful, beautiful spirit. Um, I had a, ch- a chance to connect with her during the ride. But then I got a, a friend request from her on Facebook and we connected. <laughs> <laughs> We connected through Facebook. I saw that we had some things that we were working on that were in alignment. And um, we had a great phone, brief phone conversation. I was like, you know, we need to get this on the podcast. So here we are. So, Rachel, I gave just a brief introduction of how I met you. But just tell us who you are. Oh, that's such a, a question. I know, right? <laughs> um, I... I hope I'm a lot of things, mostly good, to be honest. Um, I am on a mission to help people smile when they look in the mirror. Nice. Um, which I think is a nice way to sum up who I hope to be or hope I am. Um, I do that through my businesses. Um, I wrap a dermatology-based skincare brand or dermatology-inspired skincare brand, Um and I coach, I do online nutrition health coaching. So really helping people make sustainable changes so they don't need me anymore. I don't <laughs> want people to keep coming back. I want them to learn how to coach themselves. Right. Um, and then hopefully by being a good friend, daughter, et cetera. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I want to get into it. I feel like you left something out. You wrote a book. Actually, you wrote several books, right? Well, um, I've written, I've uh, published one. I'm okay. writing, I'm in the middle of writing the sequel to that, and then I'm finishing, hopefully, <laughs> um, the memoir that kind of ties them all together. So, okay, so I think your books, the the theme is awesome and something that's definitely needed in this world. So, tell us about your book of affirmations. Um. Yeah, I actually hadn't heard it described that way before. Um, it's called Tripping in Public, okay. and I really never expected much to come of it, to be honest with you, <laughs> um, which is, I guess, how life works, you know. Um, you kind of, when you learn to have confidence and trust yourself, you just do what you feel you need to do, and then mm-hmm. it falls on whatever audience it falls on. Um, I... I'm told I'm funny and um, sometimes anyways, and my mom, you know, every, every mom, hopefully, or every person that has a mom, hopefully they're like, yeah, my mom's my biggest fan. You know? um, and my mom was always saying, you really need to publish these. You really need to put these out there, you know? And I was, of course, like most of us were right? like, okay, mom, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I've learned 
through the years that most of the time my mom is right. Yeah, um, <laughs> so yeah, I like, she, she's the one that actually told me about my skincare business and I was like, whatever mom. And then I learned that she was right. So I, I swore that I would always hear her out from now on because I almost missed out on a big thing. Mom uh, is always right. Mom is always right. Um, dad's right too. So <laughs> uh, most of the time, at least most of the time. Um, but yeah, so I started actually writing them down and I just kept them in my like notes in my iPhone. And eventually I was like, okay, I have a lot of these. And, you know, I'd always wanted to share my story Mm -hmm. Um, but I, you know, and I'd started and stopped so many times and it just, um, now I know that the story wasn't complete enough to share uh, because that's the one that I'm finishing. And so I just, the universe was just saying, it's like not ready. Um, but these like quotes, if you will, um, lessons learned through everything that I have gone through were there and ready and it was a more light way to tell that story and share at least what I'd gleaned from um many years of verbal and emotional abuse Mm -hmm. from peers bosses industry um you know all of these things pursuing health writing your health and so when I put them out there um I honestly thought that my mom would like my Facebook post and like, that would be it. (laughs) Um, And so I, I, you know, I got the copy in the mail of it being published and um, I, you know, I took a, what I actually think is very terrible picture of me when I took a picture of me holding like a selfie holding the book. And then I went about my life. Like, I think I was running to coach or I don't know. I was doing something like I had to be somewhere. So I just threw that up there and, um, went on and my phone was exploding wow and I've never had that before happen so I was like I mean exploding for me I guess you know um (laughs) you know not like rock like the rock equivalent but um (laughs) yeah I was like wow and people were so fantastic and I think you know we talk a lot about the negatives of social media right um but we forget the positives in that. And so something like that, that was just really amazing. Like just so many people um, with just really a kind response. And for whatever reason, that response helped complete whatever was missing for me to start writing my actual story. Okay. Um, and then, you know, another friend encouraged me to have a book launch. And, you know, I really, like, wasn't thinking about publicizing it. You know, it was just something I did really for me, um, almost like a catharsis. And I didn't expect to hear from people saying how much they related to what I was saying or just the title in and of itself. Um, you know, we're all afraid to make mistakes in public to some degree, I think. And that was certainly drilled into me. Um you know, in my first career, first industry, but we all do it. Everybody messes up. Everybody fails forward. Everybody slips on something in the street, stumbles to fall, looks back and then falls because they looked back to see what they felt. Exactly. You know, we all do it. So if you can just embrace it and roll with it, then your life is going to be a lot better. Um, And so that was kind of just all of the little themes combined was just not being afraid to fail, I guess. Right. Now, let me ask you this. How long ago was that? Did you write that book and publish it? Uh, less than a year. So oh, I think it came year. out in like 
September, October, something like that. Maybe August. I don't know. Um, I, I honestly don't remember. I could look it up, but I think it was like August or something like that. Okay. How much have you grown personally since publishing that book? Um, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Because, that's an honest answer. Well, because it's not a scientific experiment, right? Like, right. that's not the only thing that I've been working on or doing. Mm-hmm. So I think, I hope that you, I hope that I've continued to grow, but I can't say it's because I published this book. Right. Okay. Now, what is the goal for this series? Like, I know you did the first part. Um, you're working on the second, then you're going to do the third. Now, what's the overall goal because I know at first you kind of went into it blindly but now seeing the impact and how much is needed what are you hoping to come out of this um the sequel is similarly loose in terms of a goal Mm -hmm. um it's like oh I wish I had thought of to say that before I published this then like there's a (laughs) few of those and then I was like um I should make a sequel that would be good so I have the title and I'm honestly like more excited about the title, <laughs> but, but I'm going to keep that under wraps. So, um, no, I'm not more excited about the title, but I am excited about it. Um, I just, I feel like, you know, as long as I have quips to share, I'll share them. Um, but the memoir is definitely more personal, um, more emotional. It's taking a lot out of me, but or I should say I'm giving a lot to it um, because I want it to be good. There's mm-hmm. been so many times I've wanted to be done with it. <laughs> um, even recently, like I had posted it because I thought I was done and I was so excited. Um, so mm-hmm. I sent it to a friend of mine who, you know, reviewed it. And I told her, I was like, I really don't want to have to make big changes. I really want to be done with this. At the same time, I want the feedback. Like I want the constructive criticisms. And through that dialogue, you know, I'm like, okay, there's a little bit more to do if it's going to be what I want it to be. Um, And the goal for that is, you know, it's, I want to say it's my contribution, which kind of sounds egotistical, I think. Um, but that's really the only way I can describe it. Uh, mm-hmm. And someone helped me, you know, come up with that. But, you know, if you've survived um, any type of belittlement, mm-hmm. um, we all handle that differently. <clears throat> and, you know, my coping mechanisms for all of that was disordered eating and, that was a way to find some control that I needed um, to feel like I had control, which made me feel safe, which coped, helped me cope with, um, you know, anxiety with a little A, like not, not big A diagnosed, but just the stress and the lack of confidence and, and constant worry about, okay, can I, like, will I ever be this thinking that I needed to be something? Um, and I want to, I feel like I was given that journey and that path so that I could survive it and then tell others that either one, you don't need to follow that path. 
Um, mm-hmm. If you're not already on it, please get off of it. <laughs> please, please avoid it. Right. Um, or if you are, know that there's hope to get off because, you know, especially with disordered eating, we hear so much about, you know, the death rate and the negative, like just, it seems so hopeless. And the unfortunate thing too, is that the picture is painted that, you know, say anorexia, for example, people show like the really severe cases, but nobody just wakes up and is that. Right. It's a process. Yeah. Right. Disordered eating versus an eating disorder. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a a slippery slope and most people have some form of disordered eating. Um, If you really look at what that definition is and they have some Mm -hmm. type of effed up relationship with food. Right. Um, And we need to talk more about the slope, I think, because I feel like that will help people seek help sooner to avoid the actual diagnosis. Right. And you know what? You said that, you know, you, it being your contribution, contribution, sorry, sounds egotistical, but I actually think it's an act of humility um, to be able to present yourself as imperfect and, and put yourself out there and say, hey, these are the mistakes I made. This is what I did. Let me help you. You know, I think that takes a lot of courage to, you know, to, to say because it's, and, you know, even with me sharing on my podcast things that I'm dealing with, with my low self-esteem, that's, it's, to me, it's actually a little an embarrassment, like to say that, hey, I don't like myself. So, so for you to come out and, and speak about, you know, how you dealt with things and, how um, you dealt with, you know, disordered eating, I really commend you for that because most people probably wouldn't. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, So I want to get into it. What caused the disordered eating? You said you experienced some like verbal trauma, you know, in the workplace as well as growing up. Can you explain to us what that actually is or what actually happened? Sure. I'll um, I'll touch on it lightly because I, the, book goes through all of um, not all of the vignettes I, right in more depth yeah. yeah there's no reason to share every little thing you know people get the point but um I feel like anything needs to lead with a disclaimer that my parents are awesome <laughs> right absolutely. it has nothing absolutely. to do with with you know I mean I think and the reason I say that is because I think people the first thought is growing up and you think of the home and you think of the family exactly and so it yeah. had nothing to do with them right. um I was, I am extremely lucky in the family that I have. Um, And I think that was actually, you know, even my mom asked me, like, I don't understand, right? Because again, the picture that we're shown is it's, you know, these things find the people that are um, in bad homes or not cared for. And and, and it's just, it really can happen to anyone because there's more affecting your children especially now than like when I was growing up like I was born in 82 so you know, everybody can do the math but um you know I was you know, born in the 80s raised in the 90s um which I really was the best decade let's be real um, <laughs> but um you know compare that to now it's even you know there's even more coming at your kids and it's you know nurture isn't just about the home it's about the school it's about mm-hmm. extracurriculars Um, and you know, when you're young, it doesn't matter. Well, humans have a negativity bias, right? So the, we're ingrained to focus on the negative and 
we are not ingrained, but it's, it's in us to, to focus on the negative. So it doesn't matter. To, I mean, it, it can not matter how many people tell you you're wonderful. Mm-hmm. If the, if an influential person tells you that you're shit. Right. Sorry. I didn't, I was trying no. to go with the. <laughs> it's fine. It's um, fine. It's so fine. I've got one. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you remember that. And, you know, every kid is different. Um, Some kids, it may not matter to them. It may not. But for some, that one negative outweighs all of the positives. Yeah. Especially if you grow up thinking that parents have to love their kids. Like, you don't realize that there's so many other people that don't have that gift. Right. So growing up, um, I was bullied for being overweight um even when I wasn't which you know you don't see that until you look back way back in pictures you're like oh I don't I whoops (laughs) but you believe it because they're the peers they're the cool kids you know whatever um teachers didn't really support me very much. Um, you know, I had, I mean, some did, some were fabulous and some told me I was stupid. Um, Mm. so who am I going to believe? You know, um, if, if so much negative is coming at you, you're more likely to believe the negative. Um, so I had a lot of that and it was hard for me to, to let go of it. And, you know, it started in third grade for the most part. Um, so you're not, you know, you're like nine years old. Um, you don't have the capacity to say, well, that's just you. That's not everybody. Um, I am who I think I am, or it doesn't matter. You know, you don't have the capacity at the end of that year to say, okay, well, that was just that year. Like next year it'll be better. And then walk into the same school with the same people and think that a new year is a fresh start. Um, so a lot of that growing up and then, um, you know, on top of everybody, just like, I want to be the cool kid, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Especially in the high school, you're like, I just want to be the cool kid. Um, I want to be accepted. I want to feel normal. I want to feel like I belong. And, um, we didn't have all of the body proud body image. You know, I, like I would never walk into certain stores because I didn't see myself in those stores. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like they were size zero stores. Like I would never walk into them. Um, and roll into, you know, one thing I always, I wasn't told I was good at much, um, again, outside of my family. Um, but the one thing I was told I was great at was singing and then music. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't really talk about it just because <laughs> the industry was so, um, toxic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually, it's actually really not something I enjoy bringing up, um, as like popular conversation starters. Like I bring it up in the context of what we're talking about. Right. Um, but I don't like the other day, a friend of mine introduced me, um, as somebody like, Oh, another singer and actor. And I was like, no, like I just, <laughs> I have still like this visceral reaction, which is probably something I should work on, but I worked so hard to shed that that I don't want that as part of who I am now. Like it's mm-hmm. left in the past, um, except to reference by way of, of storytelling and growth telling and things like that. 
mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But, um, although, you know, my friend and I did, I don't really miss the acting by any stretch because um, that was kind of the worst, but the singing I miss a little bit. So I'm, I'm working on that. But um, anyways, that's a very, I mentioned that just to say, and you know, the next step to answer your question, which I feel like I've been doing in a very rambly fashion, but no, you're good. The, you're good. the next step was the industry. Um, and that's a very, that'll chew you up and spit you out. And if you aren't coming in really strong, you are likely to be chewed up and spit out. And that was certainly almost my experience. Um, I was really lucky that I knew, I sensed something was wrong enough to leave, um, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't figure out what was wrong. It took like another year, year and a half to figure out, okay, I'm, my relationship with food doesn't seem healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's affecting me. So I asked for help. Um, but that was because it, I think it took a long time to realize one, cause of everything I already mentioned, but two, because the skinnier you are, the more you work typically. Um, which is not to say I was on tons of stuff, but I definitely saw an uptick in auditions and whatnot. Um, and just accolades from people when I was like the skinnier I got. So it was almost a benefit to, to be that then. So did, did you think that's what? Um, kept you going with oh, 100%. Okay. Well, and you don't realize it's not normal. Right. And that, was, that, because... was, that was my question. When did you realize that, like, I, you, I know you said you took a year, but what was that defining moment when you said, okay, this isn't right. Everything that people told me before, you know, was untrue. I am enough. Well, you know, I have a disorder. This is enough. I, I didn't know it was a disorder. Okay. Um, I just knew something wasn't wrong. Cause again, we don't talk about disordered eating. We talk about people who are 80 pounds and in a home right. or in a, in a clinic rather. Right. Like we don't, I didn't know that there was something called disordered eating until I went into, you know, started looking into coaching and, and, and talking and whatever. Um, there, there was, you know, one moment that stood out that I'm going to save for the book, but Honestly, there really is no moment because, you know, the book, The Slight Edge would explain this. So if if your readers or if your listeners haven't read the book, they should all read it. Um, But there's no one big magic moment to change your life. It's every little thing that you do every day or pay attention to every day that adds up. And yeah, sometimes it comes out as like an aha moment, but it's not because you woke up and were like, oh. This is how you make electricity. It's every tinkering that you've done. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I think if I just tweak this one thing, maybe the rest will fall in place. And you tweak it and then you tweak it and then you tweak it. And then you realize there's a few more things, but for the most part, you're on the right track. Right. Now, I know you said that a lot of your, <clears throat> your disdain for your body or your image came from your peers and you know the industry that you were in. So how much do you think the how much you want to say society how much of an impact does society have on women and how they feel about themselves and body image um well I think it's changing a little bit I hope um 
I definitely see a shift. I see people embracing themselves more so than ever before. Yeah, I think it depends on who you're listening to, right? So, Mm -hmm. again, like, people are really quick to harp on social media sometimes. Um, And that that bugs me just because Mm -hmm. it's a tool like anything else. Exactly. So, like, newspapers started a war, you know? Like, it's, it's a tool. You can choose who you follow. You can have you can do your best to have oversight over who people around you, children, whatever you there, you have control, you have some power. You just need to own that power. And if somebody, Mm -hmm. if you are following somebody, I don't care how popular they are. If they're not, if that account is not pouring into you or speaking to you or lifting you up, if it's leaving you feeling like poop, then unfollow um, it. it. (laughs) That mute simple. it if it's a friend you don't <laughs> feel like you can unfollow just mute it or or whatever like don't you don't have to unfriend you just hide the hide the stuff um so i i mean i, I realize it's not not everything is that black and white and, and i know that people might be like well like you know whatever but sometimes it does come down to just acting like a little bit of a grown-up and saying I, i'm not going to listen to this anymore and mm-hmm. so the stuff that i look at um, you know, Girls Gone Strong, shout out there. Their account is all about you can want to improve things about your body because you want to while still loving yourself. And I think right. that's a message that we don't get. It's like we're told to either absolutely immediately love everything about you, which is not realistic, or you have to hate yourself and want to change. And I'm like, you can motivate yourself without like berating yourself. Yeah. You can, like, I love everything my body can do. I, I like my body. I think I'm attractive. Like, God forbid a woman say that. Like, you're yeah. beautiful, right? Like, I, I, yeah. I think I'm a cool person, and I, I yeah. you know, whatever. If, if you don't agree, like, that's fine. I hopefully that you find someone else you think is cooler to hang out with. But we're not supposed to say those things. And there are people out there that are shouting. You can say those things and you can say those things without wanting to change anything. And you can say those things with saying, I love everything, but just this one little like scowl line is bugging me. And I want to, and I want to see if I can get rid of that. And that's okay. It's okay to want to look your version of good and fabulous because that does affect your confidence. The trick is, or the, the, the line, the slip slope is, are you placing your self worth on that? line wrinkle pound of fat whatever mm-hmm. there's a difference and, and and it can be thin um and so you just again you need to look at all of the people voices accounts that are pouring into you um which again i'm sorry i think maybe like my coffee didn't kick in although i do drink decaf so i should probably stop saying that catchphrase but <laughs> i i'm not being as, as succinct in my answers as i wanted to be so i'm sorry about that <laughs> No, you're good. And I think this is a great segue into your coaching business. Um, tell us what that entails. Now, do you just work with people with the eating disorders or is it for everybody? Yeah, no. So if you have a clinical eating disorder, I I'm, would refer you out. Okay. Um, so again, there's a line between disorder. There is a difference between mm-hmm. disordered eating and eating disorders. Okay. Um. Can you, now, can you break the two down if, if possible? 
what disorder eating is and eat because I think when we think of it we only think of eating disorder so if there's a difference can you kind of break that down for us yeah so if you have been diagnosed with an eating disorder mm-hmm. y- you I mean you it's that simple you've been diagnosed with an eating disorder you have um you are not anorexic you have anorexia you have bulimia you are you know all of these actual eating disorders you you know um a clinician a psychologist a psychiatrist has diagnosed that um disordered eating can be as much as somebody walk going to their you know going out with friends to pizza mm-hmm. and the entire time hearing nothing in their head, but I, I want to eat that with my friends, but I don't want to eat that because I don't, I'm not sure like how many calories in the cheese pizza. Should I get the cheese pizza or the pepperoni pizza? I really want the pepperoni pizza, but I know oh, that wow. it has less calories. So maybe if I just have one piece of the other piece and well, I did work out so I can reward myself because I worked out and. Okay. So not even trying to be funny. I think I have disordered eating then. Well, but that's what I'm saying is that most people have some, I wasn't trying to be funny. No, but, no, 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 yeah, no. Like one, everybody has too much chatter in their head. Yeah, about food. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing, and I'm maybe I should make this a blog post, but <laughs> um, God. but the it really comes a lot down to actions, intentions, the degree to which. Um, and I, you know, I wish that there was like, I wish I was doing this as a co-interview with one of my friends who does work with eating disorder patients, um, because then we could have a lot of fun. Like, maybe that would be the blog post, but we have a lot of fun, um, I use that word loosely, talking about that line. But, you know, dis- disorder, or it could also be, um, you know, the, the hot thing is counting macros. That can be very helpful for some people. Like most of us don't have a sense of portion control or portion awareness. So that can be any type of that gives you portion awareness is great or can be great for the right people. Uh, but it can be taken too far. Right. So like, well, I can't eat that because I didn't weigh and measure it. Like I, I got to get my blocks. Like I got to I have to have my protein shake post-workout within like the 20 minute anabolic window, which by the way, we now know doesn't really exist. So there's just don't be crazy that is I'm losing using that word loosely too right no Um, no, no. because I don't want to get into areas where like people are gonna be like okay um but yeah so I coach people I do online coaching I use zoom so that we can see each other I can see body language um you can see mine um I coach everybody's welcome. If, if we're not a good personality fit, you know, I have a referral base. If again, if it goes to other, you know, maybe you have hypertension and you need like a prescription diet from your doctor or, you know, whatever. Um, I you can work with that, you know, as part of your team, mm-hmm. um, with that clinician or, refer you out, you know, um, my role is to give you the best service. So if that's kind of like the miracle on 34th street, you know, you can't get it here, but you can get it at Gimbel's. Like I will do that. 
Um, but if you can get a little bit of both, then that's great. Um, so I coach people on healthy eating, um, in a way that supports their lifestyle, their non-negotiables. Um, we talk about sleep patterns, stress patterns, um, exercise, all of those things. Um, in June, I'll be able to, I'll go back to adding in exercise programming, um, June or July, something like that. But it really comes down to teaching you habit-based change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I imagine that people sometimes are like, but we're just eating slowly for two weeks. Like, aren't you supposed to give me a meal plan? <laughs> That's just the way of that type of coaching is hopefully phasing out because you can get that anywhere. The meal plan? Yeah, you can get that anywhere. Okay. You can get that anywhere. And you're not, you probably aren't doing it or you can get that anywhere. And does it work for you? You don't know. Do you have the skills to chop and cook what's on the meal plan? I don't know. Um, Do you have the drive to do it? I don't know. Are you going to get bored with it? Probably. But if we can learn that, like, you can totally go have pizza if pizza is your thing with your friends and get more satisfaction out of one, one slice because you ate and savored it and took each bite as if it was your last bite and you had a much more pleasurable experience than downing or, you know, like shoving six pieces down your throat or whatever. Right. Um, that's great. And you're still hitting your, whatever your fat loss, muscle gain, whatever it is goals, but you're still embracing and participating in life. As opposed to, as opposed to saying, I can't go because I'm busy, but secretly you're not going because you're afraid to eat pizza. Right. It's taking it, just changing the perspective and, and, and like you said, just enjoying life while you're still taking care of your body. Exactly. And it's teaching skills because, you know, there really needs to be a life skills class (laughs) for a number of things. Um, But if you think about, you know, I'm, I'm stealing these analogy, this, both of these analogies, because they're so fantastic, but there is a progression for learning a language. Mm-hmm. There is a progression for learning an instrument. There was an onboarding program for your job, I bet. Yet, you know, we live in a society where we don't know how to just eat and nourish ourselves. Mm-hmm. And there's no progression that's taught when somebody's like, I want to lose weight. And they go to their trainer and the trainer hands them a meal plan or like a supplement. Well, great. (laughs) What is that person supposed to do with that? There is a reason that somebody says they want to lose weight, but they eat, they keep eating the way they're eating or not moving or whatever. There's a reason. And the reason makes sense because if you unpack who that person thinks they are, um, you know, it's, well, why did you work late? Well, it turns out they value themselves as a provider for their family. So they're working late and eating out of the vending machine because Mm -hmm. if in their mind, if they don't stay late and work late, they're not providing. So you can't get all of that kind of unpacked goodness and, you know, undoing the log jam with, with handing somebody a meal plan. You can get that through coaching. So good, good stuff, good stuff. So before we move into the skincare, which is a you know huge part of what you're all about and what you do, I want you to tell us 
where we can find your book as well as more information on your coaching. Um, sure. Yeah. So um, my social media preference of choice is Instagram. Um, and instead of trying to have everybody spell my name, <laughs> you can find everything at yesu.co. Yesu.co. Yeah. Okay. And that will have links to my social stuff. Um, come say hi. That's smart. Pin everything in one place. Everything <laughs> in one place. There's links. Come, you know, go play. Good stuff. Now, the skincare. And I wanted to just let you know, I did. I meant to text you yesterday because I received my package in the mail. Oh, great. I just gotten home from. And, and the crazy thing, the whole time I was there, I was thinking about you. I went to a silent retreat this weekend. And it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. This has been my second one. But this time I stayed overnight. Um. I um I was going to say maybe you know that's something you and I can go and experience together because it is just something that is glorious. Oh, Definitely. thank you. Yeah, so I'm going to um, send you some information um, about that retreat. But um, let's go into the skincare brand. I know. Um, just speak. Just tell us a little bit about what it is and what you do. Yeah. So um, it's. The, I mean, the best way is really just to shoot me um, a DM on Instagram or email through the website. Um, so it's dermatology-based skincare. It's, um, we're in the U.S., Canada, and Australia. We're the number one skincare brand in North America for a reason, I will say. Um, we target the four main concerns, and the founding doctors really just wanted to put a dermatology office in people's bathrooms. Um, if you think about like why go to the doctor for the common cold when you can go buy medicine, um, you know, if these low hanging fruit can be solved or, or at least managed, I should say in the bathroom, then why not? There's not enough dermatologists to go around. Um, so that's, they really just wanted to extend their, their practice, so to speak. Um, and I won't bore you guys with, I mean, I think it's exciting and I think that's really <laughs> cool about how they started and like how they got from department stores to here. But, um, you know, if you want to know, like, let, like, let me know, I'm sure you can find it. Um, but I think the most exciting thing for your listeners is like, okay, I don't care about the history. Like, what can you do for me? <laughs> so I would just say, um, what I can do for you is a very quick little skin console. I mean, I think actually that you did it like it's super fast. It mimics the console that you get with the doctors and it gives you the regimen that, you know, treats the concerns that you're worried about. And then we can go from there. And if you end up wanting it awesome, I would love to, you know, help you. And if, if you don't, then no worries. Um, but the, the link to that is in my bio or just again, like shoot me a DM, you know, you can get the link on my website, you know, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty simple, pretty self-explanatory. Um, probably the best thing that ever happened in my life in terms of personal professional development and, um, the rest I'll, I'll kind of, again, leave for, for the book as a little teaser, I guess. And just to mention, Rachel has some of the most amazing skin I've ever seen. (laughs) She definitely has a glow. So she definitely is a billboard uh, for her product and she practices what she preaches because she is also in great shape. Oh, and I was looking at your, I was looking at your, uh, your Facebook and your Instagram and looking at you 
pushing those weights and I was like ah she's my goal (laughs) I wish I could do that but just just about the skincare I used to I think I shared with you before I worked at Sephora Uh and um, I worked in the skincare department and just working with people in skincare even though I wasn't a dermatologist or anything that really is therapy like you people and I have my own skin issues that's why I was able to resonate so well with it and I'm still dealing with some stuff and I finally found a regimen that works for me but um working in that industry it kind of ties into everything that you have to do um so I just commend you and I wish you the best in all of your endeavors well I I yeah, I just, I really appreciate you saying that because it's certainly something that I didn't, it took me a bit to get, mm-hmm. um, just the connection between, again, you're, we all have something that when we look in the mirror frustrates us right? and we're worried that others will see and only see. Right. Exactly. And I didn't get that about skin. Cause like I was always like the chubby girl with the cute face. Mm-hmm. Um, until I started breaking out <laughs> oh, yeah. as an adult <laughs> I was like okay well now what do I have like, well where do we face? open here right <laughs> um, and I didn't also recognize the difference between cosmetic and not and so as you as you learn these things you're like okay cool it's not about telling someone they have to look a certain way mm-hmm. it's about saying look the, the way that you you know the, your best you your healthiest view, right. right? Let's, let's repair the lipid barrier or rebuild the lipid barrier, strengthen it or, you know, whatever. And, um, yeah. It, so I, I appreciate that you sharing your perspective because you've seen it too in a different, um, avenue. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Rachel, I just want to say thank you again for agreeing to record with me today. Um, and like I said, I wish you all the best in your endeavors. Do you have any, <laughs> any events coming up or anything that you would like to share or any final words that you'd like to say? Um, I think, so one, I have a couple, but I, they're not completely confirmed yet. Um, I tend to pop up at local, um, so local Alexandria fitness spots, um, to meet people, answer questions. So I put those on my Instagram, um, you know, like coming up events, but yeah, the best way to get a hold of me is through, through Instagram, um, through my website. I do have a Facebook page. Um, and you know, a few other like LinkedIn, Pinterest, et cetera. But yeah, Instagram is my, my little place to, to hang. So. All right. And your, your hub is yes, you, that co, that co, right? Yes, exactly. Yes, you, that co. All right. Well, Rachel, thank you again. And you're so I'm welcome. Sure. I appreciate you inviting me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure you and I will be in touch soon. Oh yeah, absolutely. For sure. All right. All right, listeners, this is another another episode of the Genesis Project and I hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye.